0: Ladies and gentlemen, give a warm welcome to Professor Brian Proso from Proso Jiu-Jitsu. Welcome to the show, bro. how are you doing?
1: I'm feeling pretty good, dude. Thanks for having me on, man. Excited to uh, be on the podcast and give some interesting insights to your listeners.
0: Oh, man, it's, it's an honor. It's something I've, I've been wanting for quite some time. <laughs> Honestly, I just, I wanted to a, make it special and valuable, you know, so... uh this is the 50th episode, so uh, it's a celebration.
1: Let's celebrate.
0: I'm ready. So, uh, let's, let's dive in real quick into your, your, your beginnings. What, what inspired you to do jujitsu?
1: Okay, well, I'm <clears throat> sure like a lot of other folks in the U.S. when the UFC started, uh, that's how I got introduced to Jiu-Jitsu. Um, my cousin uh who you may have already met he was very big into martial arts like traditional asian martial arts and then as ufc was like kind of coming up through the undergrounds he showed me a video of like what Jitsu was which is basically hoist gracie doing his thing and just tapping people out at will people that yeah. are than him um and i was definitely blown away by it because um i was coming up i was never really physically gifted i wasn't like that athletically Yeah, you know, i wasn't that athletically gifted so um to me it was a very appealing uh, trait of jujitsu is that the fact that someone so small could uh, manhandle someone at will and control them and dictate what happens that's like such an empowering feeling so i was already immediately hooked and i have a pretty close relationship with my cousin and i would never be opposed to like um being his training partner mm-hmm. like he's uh um, i have an older sister uh, but her and i don't train like that yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. my cousin he's the one that got me into like physical fitness and introduced me to martial arts. So if it wasn't for him introducing me to like that little clip, I probably wouldn't have really known about Jitsu. So thanks to a little shout out to my cousin Richie. So thank you if you ever watch this. <laughs> and then um yeah, it's so funny because he introduced it to me. Um he was doing Jitsu a little bit longer before I started to train with him for like maybe a couple months. And he was a I think he was like a blue belt at the time when I started training as a white belt with him for like three months. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, um, I was a black. I'm a black belt, and my cousin now is recently a brown belt. So, um, mm. a little funny saying of like how the student has now become the master type of thing. Because <laughs> he always yes, used to like yes, he always yes. used to be big brother me. So it was a nice little humble pie that I could serve him now that I. So it's like he's a big brother body. now. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how oh. I got introduced to jujitsu. Um, I was already kind of familiar with grappling in general because um, I never really had that much confidence growing up just because of my physical appearance. So I was naturally gifted more towards individual sports, which is why in high school I sought out wrestling um, because you could just, you're not relying on someone else to determine the outcome of an event. Everything falls on your shoulder. So I thought it was a good way to introduce myself to learn how to hold, like develop some accountability on myself to like learn how to dig deep, push through like the weak spots in the mind and Wrestling definitely introduced me to that. So um, since I was exposed to like that type of grappling, uh, going into jiu-jitsu wasn't too different for me. And in fact, it was actually a much easier transition than I thought. So training jiu-jitsu with my cousin for three months, uh, took a break because I was entering college and I know I was focusing more on work because I needed money for college. And I then you. My cousin, again, he's the one that introduced me to the school where I got my black belt from, which was Sabre's jiu-jitsu.
0: Shout out to that.
1: So, yep. Shout out to my instructor, Professor Savarese. So, I started training with him officially uh, 2009, um, and I haven't been with any other school since. So, since 2009, he called me as like a young teenage white belt, and fast forward, what was it eight years, uh, Jan- of, uh, June 27th of 2017, I got my black belt under Professor Chris Savarese. So, it's been a Really nice journey to get to where I am right
0: now It's, it's crazy because you mentioned like uh, when you first started, you, you you felt like you wasn't an athlete, you have confidence, but yet you fast forward now like you're a total fucking badass. yeah like, things,
1: have, things have changed They've like you're,
0: you're, yeah, like the growth and development and, and the dedication you put in to this journey has changed you drastically.
1: Oh yeah, for the better. I'm a much better person because of it, and it introduced, it opened up many doors, and introduced me to a lot of amazing people. Um, mm-hmm. like the way you guys see how I, for the listeners who don't know, uh, Dio is actually one of my students. So you see firsthand. Oh, so. um, that's um, right. So you <clears throat> see firsthand how I carry myself in the room, how my personality comes out. Um, I can guarantee you that's not how I started off when um I was doing jujitsu or just as a p- person in general. So. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu kind of got me to develop like my own like personality and a way to express myself. Uh, going into college, I was already like a blue belt and an opportunity arose to me to actually teach Jiu-Jitsu at my university at Montclair State. Um, and that's where I met a lot of great people, um, some very great mentors because they got me exposed into group fitness. So they saw the potential I had. They knew that Jiu-Jitsu was a great you know, interest in mine, but they saw the potential to do something more and thank you for them because they actually enhanced my teaching abilities. They exposed me to like, you know, traditional group exercise formats of like what's taught in health clubs. And I was doing that for a while. I was teaching total body conditioning in college. I was teaching a format like with a barbell class called body pump. I was doing a bunch of health clubs around Hudson County and um, Essex County. So it was definitely, um, I'm very grateful I came across them because they've influenced my teaching style greatly and I can do that on the mats. Um, people, like, like I said, if you take a class with me, you could definitely see um, how my personality comes out. It's not very robotic. It's very unique. Yeah, and- it's very,
0: very, like, <clears throat> if you go on to, like, spin classes or any other classes, very vibrant, very clear. You could understand what you're saying. And, and yeah. especially the message, you know, when you're trying to break down a move, it's It's very comforting
1: no that's that's the that's one of the beautiful things about um the years I've spent like building my craft and teaching um, not just for jujitsu, but like even when I was teaching like in health clubs, everyone learns differently. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you'll be teaching the same thing for like a week or so. You just have to find new ways to relay the message so that its still grasped and retains to the individual who's receiving it. Um, I've learned how to just work with different type, personality types because again like. People learn to me and it's my responsibility as the instructor to make sure I give that person the best tools that they can to succeed in whatever we're doing. So whether it was like a fitness based class, for like strength training or jujitsu, um, I'm always stressing just at least trying to fix little details to help you guys get better. So it becomes clear so that the next time you come to class, you're a little bit more confident in how you can execute the technique and not feel so lost. And you're actually working at a nice steady pace that way, too.
0: Very true. Very true. Um, so you're, you're in this, uh, starting this journey of jujitsu, you, you went from white belt to blue belt, you know, obviously your cousin was a very influential part of you, uh, joining this world of jujitsu we have nowadays, right? Yep. Now, did you look, did you like, you know, as a fan of the art w- was, was it somebody in particular that you looked up as like, Hmm, I want to be, a, I want to have, some type of style of him and put into my game? Like, do you have anybody inspire you that you will look at motivation?
1: Um, from the jujitsu community, a lot of them, like from when I was coming up the ranks, a lot of it was just like more like the, the Gracie's honestly. Um, because again, just thinking shoot at my roots of like self-defense first sports second. Mm -hmm. Um, and seeing like, this is like when Hicks, uh, Hickson, Henzo, um, a lot of these guys were still like actively competing. Some doing MMA as well. Um, I was exposed to a lot of like what they would do. I wasn't really too familiar with like a lot of the other big names that you know now, like mm-hmm. who have the big schools, like Andre Galvao, um, other people, like Marcelo Garcia. He was another one that I started remember seeing video clips of him, and he was really good. Uh, JT Torres. Um, I remember seeing him in his early black belt years, and the stuff he was able to do against bigger guys. That was really cool. Um, but it's tough for me to pinpoint to one specific individual because, again, um, under the guidance of my instructor, I, I trusted every word he was saying and like, he didn't steer me wrong. I would do my own independent research, too, of like, you know, for whatever video clips were available on YouTube at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a lot of it would be like more Gracie based. And if you wanted to see good stuff in action, you'd actually have to go to tournaments to see the high level competitors at their work. Um, and that's one thing I don't think students right now are going to understand. Because I speak about this with my instructor sometimes, uh, my professor, and um, like coming up the ranks, like like we didn't have the stuff that you guys have now. Mm. The, the quality of instruction that you guys have now is way better than what we had when we were coming up the ranks. As far as like also access to like online resources, um, we didn't really have that. Um, I didn't, I didn't have access to like a lot of high upper belts to train. Yeah, it out wasn't, it wasn't
0: like now it's like a tr- major traffic like it's everywhere like you have yeah. you go on youtube even a white belt was making a, a youtube tutorial on something like it's so yeah. out there it's very like you used to have like um i was, I was talking to my wife it's funny you Used to have like back in the day we used to be like movie famous music famous you know things like that now you have to famous instagram famous so now it's a little bit more exposed
1: yeah, there's more platforms to get the, the word out there. So um the access of information is definitely an advantage that people who are starting jujitsu now, um it can work to their favor, but it can also seem overwhelming if they're not really seeking out the right info. Yeah. So um definitely for a lot of students. I don't mind that they like to search stuff online, see some cool clips. Um, but at the same time, like the stuff that your instructors feed, like providing you guys, definitely stick to that curriculum yeah. for for the most part, because there's a reason they're teaching that to you guys, and it's to make sure your foundation is pretty solid. When your foundation solid, you can then start yeah. thinking about exploring and branching out your style. Uh, that I, to you,
0: I totally agree. Because when I first started, um, you know, doing jujitsu, like I, I went through the you know the rabbit hole. You know, I started watching videos and videos, and like uh, you know, I, sometimes I could get very obsessive. You know, and like I just get lost, so I had to like pull myself back. And not watch anything for quite some time. And if anything, watch the videos, which you could go on proso.com, prosobjj.com, and you could watch, if you're a member, watch the uh, curriculums, and he has all the videos there. And I just dedicated watching that because it was really um, like I was becoming obsessive. I, I was becoming one of those, you know, how those people in the gym are like just lifting shit up and put them down. Yeah. Like I was like 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 at Jiu Jitsu. It's like, oh man, you know, one of those <laughs> jiu-jitsu junkies, right? And I wasn't uh gravi- I wasn't grasping the like like you said earlier, um uh defensive first and then sportmanship second.
1: Yeah, so um that's a thing for new students to learn too. I mean they wanna just um the concept of winning and losing, I think is what kind of can work to people's like disadvantage because i could care less who's like tapping out who um i just like seeing people try because if you're not trying that means you're not really willing to open yourself up to making mistakes because that's the only way you're going to get better so like i tend to make it an emphasis during class to really highlight the people that are for lack of better words messing up (laughs) because i want them to know that i appreciate your effort in trying to open up your game and leaving yourself vulnerable because, again, no one gets a trophy at the end of the night when we're done with class. You know, yeah, thinking about, like, damn how would I get past? But, you know, it's normal. I am guilty of that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, and that's just something to reflect on, because that's when jiu-jitsu is supposed to be enjoyable. And um, the way to make it something that you don't like is when you focus too much on, like, the down points of your training, like when things aren't going your way. It's all mm-hmm. every, every belt level is going to experience that. I still experience that from time to time when I get my serving of humble pie when I train with my other teammates at Savarese. And it's nice because I love feeling how much better they've gotten. And, you know, it's only going to work in my favor too to improve my game and then... Keep to balance. Uh, yeah. And then we pass it down to each other. But, <clears throat> um, yeah, learning not to make it about wins and losses, learning not to take things so personally. Because um, when you start mentally quitting, it's, it's, it's just not... You're not doing yourself any, any justice that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I so, definitely...
0: I... Um... I definitely in my training, I had to really take a a step back, right? Because, as you know, I'm a father, I'm I'm a husband, and you know, at one point, I was very like, you know, going every day, but I was I wasn't getting the rest I needed to take care of myself. Which, if you don't do that, injuries—that's when injuries occur.
1: Yeah, injuries and burnout. Yeah, I mean, like I listen, I know how addicting Mm jujitsu is, man. I mean, like when I was coming up with the ranks, I would want to be on the mats. If possible, six or seven days a week and just yes, yes. I didn't, like, um, and that's one of the things that I was very like, not to myself on the back, but I'm going to like coming up the ranks. Um, people already would judge me based off my size because they saw like, um, I wasn't that intimidating. But once I got a hold of you and I could like outwork you, um, then I could start noticing the trend where people would mentally break. And you know, that for me was like a nice confidence boost, knowing that I just have to weather the storm a little bit until they get tired then, you know, try to see how I could outmaneuver them to get into a better position. Um, just, like, having a no-quit attitude. Because um, I already knew, like, whether they're the same skill level as me or someone much more superior, like, I didn't care. Like, I was seeking out the best people in the room just because if I pair myself up with the best people in the room, I'm only going to get better. I know it's going to, you know, suck getting my... Butt yeah, butt yeah. Butt a lot, but oh, yeah. it's part kind of the process of getting better. I need to know what they're doing so I can understand the feel, so I could then, you know, even try it myself and find a way to do it to other people or even stop it. Um, and I think that's what people don't really understand. Like they don't have the right mindset approach when it comes to their training, especially when you're brand new. Um, cause honestly, like the first year or so of being a white belt's rough cause you're going to be the nail most of the time. And like, mm, you just yes. have to take your, you're going to have to take your lumps. Now I'd like to think that my upper belts and the students have been with me here for a while. They do it in a nice way where they encourage you guys to like, you know, keep coming back and keep getting better so like although they're technically better than you they do it in a way where they're encouraging you to not stop and to like you know keep pushing to eventually see what you're capable of
0: yeah That's yeah like really I, i'm glad you you mentioned that because you have like people like a uh mo rich uh Nikita. you have people like them that they're gonna tap your ass out but they're gonna also like stop and say, hey, when you do this, you know, try to explain it to you, the process and educate you and pass their knowledge on what they have learned to help you out and see you progress. And majority of those guys, like when you progress, they get really happy. They get they really get happy. They'll, they'll come and hug you and, and smile like very genuine happiness. And that's something in other sports. Sometimes uh, that camaraderie is missing
1: yeah I agree, and like I take such great pride when I see my blue belts um, interacting the way that they do with the uh, white belts. Um, I place great trust in them knowing not to like harm someone that's like brand new that's starting this because the whole goal is to keep them coming back the more than you mm-hmm. keep coming back, you're getting yourself a new training partner that's gonna help um, make you better too in the process, and like I'm not sure if they realize this or not, like when I put them with uh, different white belts, um I like doing this because they have to learn how to like relay the information in a way that it's gonna penetrate to the individual. So like they have to learn how to they're learning how to develop a teaching style, whether or not they realize it. Mm-hmm. And like it's also showing me that it's reinforcing the the fact that they know the technique. They don't have to rely on me to to show it. And like I don't have a problem when they ask me, but I'm so confident in their ability to pass on that knowledge. And again, the blue belts that you guys know, the five blue belts I have right now, um, Juan, Anoop, Mode, Rich, uh, Nikita, <coughs> um, they all started me with their white belts. They literally got all of me, like when we were first coming up through grassroots um, and to where they are right now, like I couldn't be happier. Um, it's just it makes me feel comfortable and very proud knowing that these guys are great representations of what I look for my students to be. Because as an upper belt, that's a responsibility you have. You're a representation of your instructor and you see how everyone interacts with each other. So I never have a problem with them. And I again, I'm always at ease when I know that they're in the room and they can definitely help new people out. And then you start to build those habits in the white belts who are coming up like two stripes and above, they start seeing how the upper belts act and they're mirroring that. So it makes it more welcoming, especially for new people who've never done martial arts before. They see how friendly uh, the environment is to where they know they're not going to get harmed. And like, they're going to control you the right way without matching, the, without getting emotional. Mm-hmm. Because when people don't know, people who have never been exposed to this, you know, their adrenaline pumps. So it's natural for them to get very emotional. And it takes time on the mat to understand how not to think think so personal. Someone's reckless aggression, um, it's not with the intent to, usually it's not with the intent to harm you. They just don't know how to control their energy. And like my blue belts right now, some of my upper white belts um, know how to like kind of control that and not really try to match that energy. Because in the long run, as you'll see, you'll get pretty tired if you do. So it's good to see that they're starting to understand that self-control and that discipline to uh, <clears throat> weather the storm, but also just control, control that energy because it pays off in the long run, too. Not just in jiu-jitsu, but in other situations in life that may arise where you want to be cool-headed and make sure that you make good decisions. Yeah,
0: very true. Very true. It's something that you will learn throughout your consistency in the process. You keep going. There's not something that happened happen overnight. So what <clears throat> was the moment you realized you wanted to like now open your own your 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 own thing like, because you're, you're about to there you go uh pro sell uh, because you're, you're going on an adver- anniversary right now right three years if yeah. I'm not mistaken right so like what, what what was like what was that defining moment that say you know I want to open my own school
1: Oh uh, Well, it's funny. I mean, you have ask Caitlin this as well. So uh, my instructor has always been approaching me like we do at his academy. He does year end evaluations that kind of like, you know, we reflect on the goals that you wrote down on paper. We see what you've been, what you were hidden, what you've missed and like what we could get better at. Um, and like uh, he's he's been with me since I was like 18 or 19 years old. So he's seen me come up. and He's very influential on I me, mean, I can see. Hey, very yeah, very influential. I don't know, like, you know, he tells you how it is. So he's, he's always been on me to like want to open up a school. Like, even I think when I was like a brown belt, or maybe even like late purple belt, I think he was like planting the seed of me wanting to open the school. Uh, the only reason I didn't at the time, because even as a brown belt, I think I remember hearing that more, was that um, I just didn't think people would take me seriously if I wasn't a black belt. And that's why I kept pushing it off. And then when I got my black belt, um, I was still pushing it off because I was like, <laughs> that's a big, that's a big decision. I was like, yes. I, I'm just a kid. I, I don't even know um, nothing about business. All I've done is like my whole life or like career wise, is like work in restaurants for like management. So to to do something on my own, like where it's my, you know, hard work and sweat and like money and like everything the, fi- the, the, the physical toll. Yeah, like he <clears throat> one thing I enjoyed about my instructor is that him and like a couple other like people like in the wrestling community, like especially my instructor, he introduced like um the whole concept of self-improvement and goal setting. So like once I started understanding that part, um I would start seeking out more topics about that. Um I'd say maybe um I got my black belt 2017 of June. I was the black belt for a year. So I'd say sometime like once I hit that one year anniversary of my black belt, um, I like, I felt that being a student, which is what my role was. Like, I mean, I was helping teach at his Academy, but like, I didn't, I felt like there was something missing. I didn't have that drive. Cause like, I kind of attained the end goal, which was like, all right, the black belt. Yeah. After that, I mean like, um, like what's next. So I have, you know, I enjoyed still being a student there, training with my teammates, but I knew I had so much more to offer. And then, you know, I decided one day, like Caitlin and I were like, we were talking, we went on a vacation trip, like to Texas. There's like this wall there that you like write down, like what your wish is, like your dream before you, I things it's like something before you die. So there's, you see like a bunch of goals or dreams that people want to write down to achieve before they die. So there's like a little blank spot there for me available. So I was like, all right. So, like, I crouched down. I didn't know she took a photo of it, but I crouched down and I wrote down, I want to own my own martial arts school. So, like, I put on to, you know, the whole pen and paper method. I put it onto on that little, um, that mural in Texas. And then, like, once I was looking at it, I was like, all right, I think I can do it. I was like, "I'll start doing some research. So, that was, feel <laughs> like we went 2018, June, I want to say, is when we had that vacation. I was starting to do some, like, research of, like, all right, how do I start a martial arts school? Um my instructor was giving me um advice on like you know certain approaches I could take. Um but his approach was I guess like f- like more of like finding a a physical space to like lease out. Um I wasn't ready for that cuz like um again I don't have that business savviness, Yeah. But I didn't think it was smart on my part to like want to take a loan out or anything like that. So no, it was very costly. Well yeah, especially if yeah. I, don't, I don't know I don't know anything about like marketing and like budgeting and all that stuff. So I took the approach of renting out a spot hour by hour at this place in downtown Jersey City. It's called Grassroots Community Space. They're located on the corner of Third and Cole Street. So, um, shout out to Cello. I'll send this to him too. But yeah, Cello gave me the opportunity to host my jujitsu classes there. So, basically, um, the Grassroots facility is maybe four blocks away from where we currently are right now. So. It's a community space where you could rent out by the hour, uh, teach whatever format it is that you're trying to offer to the community. And that's it. So um, I reached out to him to see if like the availability of when I could teach. So I got like maybe four days, five days out of the week to teach there. Um, I invested in like my own mats. I paid out of pocket for like the hourly rates that I was doing to reserve the spot. And unfortunately there was no storage available there. So every time if you know the wall mats at our academy, the accordion style Ooh. wall mats, so those were our floor mats basically. And I would have to put four of those six by twelves on the hand truck and push it from my apartment building Ooh. all the way to Grassroots. The hustle, no matter the, the weather, rain or shine, the small business, and I have to there, load man. them back up. <laughs> and so yeah, that hand truck is like the OG of the academy. It's been with me since day one. Helped me push our, our training facility, which is our mats, to the location and back. I was doing, I was literally doing this for a whole year from December 3rd of 2018 is when I started teaching technically like running my business to the public. I was teaching December 3rd, 2018 up until I guess 2019 of December as well. And for that whole year, um, like I said, I would take the mats from my apartment, lug them down the flight of stairs, load it up on the hand truck, push it down the street onto oncoming traffic um my wife goes to a training facility nearby and we have some neighbors in the area that they're like oh yeah your husband's the mat guy then you like the mat guy because they see me pushing that thing every day oh so, man so yeah i would be pushing that thing every day rain rain or shine even during the snow um because like i i, I didn't want to fail i refused to like the idea of quitting like mm. makes me sick there you go, and oh, I love that, I love that it does, and like listen, I already knew the competition in my area. there's other um martial arts facilities in Jersey City, but also like you know other fitness based programming mm-hmm. in Jersey City, so <clears throat> like I knew what I was up against, but I was still willing to put myself out there and try to make something out of it during this whole year of tr- uh, working out of grassroots I mean on my grand opening, like my first official day of teaching um I had my wife, um, an old training partner, my friend and his brother, and one random stranger show up for the first class. So this is to let you know how good I was at marketing. So luckily <laughs> for me that day, I was able to sign up that one stranger. And then from there I was starting to build up. Um, it was a very slow process. Yeah, hey, man. It's only it, it only takes one. It's only it only takes does. one. I was very fortunate. I'll never forget his name, Thomas Gorman. He was my first ever student of uh, pro jiu-jitsu. I wish him well. I don't know where he is right now, but yeah, he's my first official student. That whole year, um, I was learning about marketing, learning how to advertise my services, just trying to uh, get foot traffic and get recognition. Um, eventually, that's when I started getting my current blue belts in, like when I got them as white belts. Some of them knew nothing about jiu-jitsu. Others had been exposed to it like briefly before. Um, but that whole year at Grassroots was a big learning process. I mean, uh, like, looking back at it now, like, I'm sure I looked very silly pushing those mats around. And, like, you know, I'm sure people, you know, like, thought like, who the hell is this guy?
0: Hey, fuck and it. Hey, fuck it.
1: weirdo. No, and I agree. I mean, like, and nothing bad on them. Like, I, they could think what they want. I knew what I was chasing. And I was like, um, I just kept telling myself, I don't want to quit. I'm gonna see this through until the very end. I didn't know when that end was because I knew eventually I wanted to lease a Lisa space, but I wanted to take the approach of building a student roster first before I looked for a spot. And smart. It was very smart. No, it paid off. Um, it was a long process, though. I don't think a lot of people would do what I was doing. Like, even looking back at it now, I can't believe that I did that because it was very fatiguing and draining. Um, but you're like, here uh, now. It takes yeah. a
0: lot of you know, hard work, determination. You know. People don't know how how much shit you you know. People always see the end uh, of things, right? When when you're up here and, okay. and you made it, but they never see all the bullshit and and the headaches and the stress you have to go through to get to that place.
1: Yeah, they they don't see that. <clears throat> and like you know, um, that's stuff that I keep to myself. I mean, people that are very close to me know exactly what I've done to like get to where I am right now. So like they've seen the stuff I have to deal with. like. Go through to get the academy that i have right now and i'm just very thankful for the support system my wife's been a huge help i mean she's you know never once doubted me or like gave mm. like she kept supporting me even when, like there was moments where i was like like nothing's happening like just like felt kind of hopeless but like you know uh she was there not to not to keep me down she found a way to you know make sure that i would always keep chasing it that things will get better so Having her as a very strong support system is something that I'm very grateful for. Uh, my teammates from Savage jitsu they saw what I've been doing, so like I love that they keep checking up on me. Even though there was like days where I didn't want to tell them how I was doing, Because like some days I would have like zero students, and like it was so sad. Like that's not motivating to make you want to come back and keep doing it.
0: Dude, I I, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. I feel 100. I when I started, I started my my dad custom tees, my t-shirt printing business. Uh-huh. I, I I look at it like I, I, I look at it, I posted a picture of something on on my Instagram like a year ago. Yeah. no likes, no nothing um <clears throat> inclusive like I had no I had shit, and I had to, I had to go back to work <laughs> I had to go back to work and, and pump money yeah. into my business and um I told my wife, i am going to go back to work, and I need you to not let this die." right? Especially like uh, I have an autistic son. He gets difficult. You know, I want to work from home. I want to be around him, right? That was my main goal. And fucking to this day, you know, she fucking runs the business because (laughs) but I'm better, you know, I'm better than what I was before. And those are sacrifices that people don't see, you know? And 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 if you have to mention it it's a problem, right? If you have to remind me people of it, it's a problem too because
1: it's just it, it, When you know, you know, right? No, well, yeah, and that's hundred percent. I agree with you on that. Like, um, like one thing I learned about during my years of like teaching group fitness was I don't relay my problems to other people. So, like, if you're coming for me for a specific experience, from <clears throat> like in this case, jiu-jitsu, um, my job is to give you a hundred percent of me during that one hour block that we have together. Um, I want to make sure that, you know, you're coming to me for a specific reason, whether it's to get in better shape to relieve some stress and clear your mind. Um, my job is to help achieve that for you. And in order for me to do that, I can't be bothering you or like throwing my problems at you that I've been mm-hmm. experiencing. That's my, that, that's my burden to deal with. If I feel if there's someone to share that with, it's only the people that are like very close to me, but, uh, as an instructor, that's, like, one thing that's, like, one of my pet peeves. Like, just because someone in the room might be feeling down doesn't mean you have to join the pity party.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, that's just going to bring down the energy and the mood in the room. Mm-hmm. That's that's not when, – like, when you're teaching, Showtime you got to go and just make it another memorable experience for the people in your room. So, yeah, I don't really think it's necessary to burden people with, you know, the stresses of your daily life that's, you know – Something free to vent to personally with someone that you can confide in.
0: Facts, facts. So I did some digging right now. <clears throat> what said Today's December. We're recording this on December 9th, right? So I did yeah. some research, right? And fast forward now to the present, you got the Academy uh, new location, right? So I, I I went back, I went to your Facebook, right? Uh, your personal one. And on this, I wanna say January 5th, 2012, you stated. Dreading the thoughts of working today. And you put that annoying face. <laughs> how, how much has changed from that feeling to present time?
1: I don't know what I was thinking or feeling that day. But um, you, definitely,
0: you definitely hated that job because on December 30, uh, 2009, you said... Uh, 2009? 2009. December 30, 2009 says... Uh, that day, huh? my, yeah, you basically
1: said you hate your job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what else <laughs> would say, right? Yeah. So, was, you know, uh, I was probably just working at the restaurant as a server, so I could understand. But, um, yeah, from then to now, it's different. Um, like, don't get me wrong. There'll be days, like, where, like, it's tough to get up sometimes or, like, you know, the motivation might not be there like it was the day before. But like once I'm in, once I'm in the room, and like I see the students, um, for me it's like it's showtime. It's ready. Let's go. Um, it. I genuinely enjoy seeing what I'm capable of doing for other people. And everyone at the academy has different goals of why they're there, and I enjoy that because I love seeing the interaction that they have with one another, and you know how they can kind of compliment one another, not just on the mats, but they learn more about each other off the mats too. And yeah, it doesn't really feel like a job because I'm definitely more knowledgeable than I was when I first started this. So um, it's, don't get me wrong, every business is going to have its days where it's tough, but
0: no, definitely, especially like your, you know, your business is it's physical. You know, some days like I've seen, i seen you roll with other people, and they they're trying to like rip your head off, right? It's yeah. it, it's, it's that like it's that oh, this is the professor. I'm uh, you know they always want to overpower the master in some way or form. They will always want to show off, right? So it's it gets it gets hectic. So I, I you know I, I appreciate them. <clears throat> it, it gets I see them, man. It gets hectic. So I can imagine, you know, some days you wake up and.
1: You're just fucking sore. It's it's shit. Yeah, it's part of getting old. I've always heard about it in my early twenties from my other uh teammates that when you get older, you're gonna feel a lot of this more. I'm like, I hope you're wrong, but there a little, there's some truth to that. I could definitely feel a difference when it comes to like getting up sometimes. Um sure, I but, remember I
0: remember growing up in P uh, in, in Puerto Rico and uh sometimes I would go work construction. Yeah. And man, I I i worked for a month and shit. Every day was torture for me. Every day was torture for me. Our bodies were sore. I couldn't bend my back. Imagine sure. the people who do it, do it every fucking day.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty rough. Yeah, man. Um, no, yeah. I mean, I've gotten used to it. Um, I think in the upcoming years, there'll probably be, um, some assistant instructors. So I'm excited for that. Um, The Academy's just headed in a direction that's very positive. So I'm looking forward to the next phase. I mean, uh, just to give some of the listeners perspective. So like when we were done with grassroots, we were able to move to our current location in the Brunswick center in downtown Jersey city. Um, We opened January 3rd of 2020. So we had a fantastic (laughs) <laughs> three months, you know, three months, uh, start. And then of course the pandemic happened and that was a scary moment. Cause I'm like, it'd be one thing I'd like to offer my services online, but not everyone has access to a training partner and there's only so much you can do with a dummy that you're not going to be as motivated. It's different mm-hmm. when you have a live person with you. Yeah. So those three months when we were closed, um, you know, Thankful for the students that were still able to support me during that time. Um, lucky that there was some financial assistance from the city available to help us get through that. The landlords were very helpful as well. Um, and honestly, as weird as it's as weird as it is to say, the pandemic was almost like a blessing in disguise because um, my business expanded after that. Like when we reopened, I'd say like late June or early July of 2020. The school expanded, like we are getting more interest of people, I guess, you know, had cabin fever. They just want to get out and like just start. Yes, yes, yes. Moving. And yes. with that interest and that, you know, more foot traffic, we we're able to expand our location into the second room. So we tore the wall down and our academy is what it is now. It's a much more spacious facility to train in. Uh, very clean and welcoming. I think when you started, we only had the one room still, I think, right? Actually,
0: when, when I started, like days, I remember I, I went, I scheduled my first class, and yeah. you were you already, they were already bringing like the, the wood floor you guys put on under a mat. Yeah, the plywood. Yeah, the plywood. They were, were putting to the side because they were about to tear it, I guess, that either that weekend or the next weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. We had a big little move in there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, man i I've always wanted to do jiu jitsu, right? Like it's like for me, it was like growing up in in Puerto Rico, um, in this very very difficult environment, it was always fighting. Uh-huh. Like, let's just say I was a well known person, right? Yeah, right uh, because I don't. I want to incriminate myself. That's <laughs> I, okay. I, I don't know.
1: I don't know the, the jurisdictions, or laws of shit. But um, let, let the imagination run. <laughs> well. You're a well-known person for yeah. The in the and
0: story. and um, they used to get, call me a nickname that I, I told my wife, and she would laugh until, you know, I went over there and uh, people actually called me that that nickname,
1: and she was astonished by it. Is that a PG nickname, like a PG?
0: Well, it was a, it was a, it was a stupid nickname.
1: Okay.
0: It was a stupid nickname that I don't want to mention
1: because it's like,
0: really? It was a stupid nickname, but it stuck. And like, it stuck so, so far, right. That I was at home and I had people in, in other places talking about me. I was a topic of discussion. Right. All right. Um, and just, you know, fighting in the streets um, with something uh, based on survival, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to a point in my life that, you know, once I moved here, like, I, I didn't want to have that life. And so I've always wanted to do jiu-jitsu jiu- because I always felt like it's something like, I always saw like defensive, like you're, you're trying to prevent something.
1: Oh well, yeah, you're learning how to neutralize. Uh, yeah, like like what the Gracie said, you're fighting <clears throat> uh, you're fighting fire with water. So yeah. Fighting, so you know, like, uh, like I saw a documentary of um,
0: Rick 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 Gracie, Rickson yeah. Gracie. Rick Gracie, where he used to go on these uh, world fights, and he was just neutralized these big opponents, right? And like I saw, I started, like looking at it as like at the end of the day, he doesn't want to hurt you. He's not. He's not looking for a fight, and he would do like why? Why everybody would like beat their ass together when it came him to fight? He was all fresh. No, 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 right? <clears throat> and um, and I saw all these, you know, schools with the wall Gracies and Gracies and Gracies. and, yeah, that's and a very
1: recognizable name. Yeah,
0: established themselves in the U.S. And I get it, and, and all respect to them, you know, but at some point. You know, I started feeling like that was another franchise. Just yeah. a matter of fucking McDonald's or Taco Bell, you know, or whatever preferred meal you have. So I I I stopped my search because I didn't I didn't want to join something that you know a lot of jujitsu junkies just join, just to join. They'll they'll go in, um, they'll learn a couple of moves and moves, they bounce. And then yeah. Yeah, I did jujitsu. You know, roll around. I know how to do that, right? And I, I pause if I sound offensive, but I'm trying to offend somebody. <laughs> um,
1: okay. because I seen know.
0: it. I seen it in class. I have seen it in class. You know, I I see people come in and they want to learn two things, and then they bounce, and and they want to rep this thing that they still do know how, still don't know the understanding of it. You know, and they lack, they lack a lot of res- uh, respect for it, right? Because at the end of the it, it's an art. So one day I, I was scrolling through social media and I saw my boy Chung. Thomas Chung. Shout out to Thomas Chung. six yeah, I, thought,
1: I, I thought it was him that got you. Into yeah,
0: that. I love that guy, man. Uh, that is somebody that at one point in my life, I wasn't at the best place. And I yeah. took his... Friendship for granted, and God has bring him back in my life, and I will never do that again. And um, he's the one who who got me into ju- pro so jiu jitsu, and hey, Thomas. <laughs> and fucking pro so jitsu ever since. I appreciate it. I mean, I wanted uh, I wanted okay. something different, and obviously, what you have you you brought to the table is very something different, and I love every minute of
1: it. Well it makes me happy to hear that. So it lets me know I'm doing me and my students are doing something right. So I appreciate you taking a chance on us and you know reaping the benefits of what our programs can do for you. Um if you don't mind being honest, I guess what do you feel jujitsu have has done for you since your time with our school? Oh man,
0: that's a very long question. Um so Every time I walk in through those doors, right? Yeah. The, because it's it's on the second level, right? So I walk in, I go up the stairs, and there's that fucking long hallway. Right? Mm-hmm. And every time I walk through that hallway, it it um it haunts me. Like it gives me anxiety. Like it makes me feel like I can't breathe, right? Because it just it gives me it it, it, it brings me back to those traumas so you know, growing up of with my mom has to go pick me up of a principal's office or when they walked me down the, you know, the hallway when I was getting arrested or every time I, somebody closest to me, you know, died and I had to walk through that fucking hospital and, and go say goodbye to that, that body, it haunts me. Right. So when I think about jujitsu, it's helped me drastically, uh, my mental state right I, I i walk in and some days you know i'm so you know so tired so exhausted you know emotionally imbalanced and i walk through those fucking hallways and i get scared but it, you know and i and i you know i find the courage and just fucking go in that's what sometimes i go in and stick to a corner you know because it's, it's you know every time i get a grip to my, you know, grasp my neck or, or, or whatever it's, it's trauma I've received from, you know, you know, getting beaten as a child for, for being misunderstood, for being jumped for no reason for, you know, all those times that people have tried to kill me for no fucking reason would I even know me. Right. And once I get in there and I start rolling that, that chaos, right. Because I essentially you're in a struggle gives me peace, right. Right. And since day one, I started to now, that peace has um, expanded to my outside world, that has helped me calm m- my demons inside, helped me maintain and think before you know, think before you act. And that's helped me be a, a, a better husband and, and, and listening, has helped me be a better father and being patient. You know, every time I roll, like it 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 sets it puts me in my place because any day could be your day. Meaning like any day I could tap somebody out, but any day that person could tap you out. And you can never take it for granted. So when I walk out, when I'm done rolling, I walk out, I I, I walk out with this fucking physical peace and mental peace that I have not been able to control. For my fucking two thirty-two years of living, and that's what it has given me.
1: Well, I'm very happy to hear that you're getting some mental release and stability, and just peace of mind. Just knowing that you have somewhere to go that can help you achieve that. Not a lot of people have that. Um, it's unfortunate, you know, that leads them down a path of like bad decisions. Yeah. So, and you're a family man, you're a businessman, so it's good that you have this outlet to. Um, not just benefit you mentally and physically but also the people around you so yeah
0: and um, i I've, I've been able to meet some incredible people you know i'm 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 very um i don't what is that damn
1: word uh grateful appreciative no
0: no i'm i'm a person that i'm i, I keep to myself you know introverted yeah introverted okay. you know and you know sometimes i can sometimes i can't but it's helped it's you know when it comes to being alone I'm, I'm most comfortable i'm at home there you know but you know going to your classes and being able to like meet these incredible people like it, it's it's helped me be more sociable right yeah cuz like i i grew up in a place and where like every time there was a festival it was a shootings it, it, it was highly violent activity so me being in a room with a fucking bunch of people, I'm very uncomfortable.
1: Well, yeah, some people get, get uncomfortable being around a large group or just, you know, public speaking and things like that. Um, it's funny. Like, I, I consider myself introverted, too. But you wouldn't know about you wouldn't think that based on no. myself in the room. Like that I'm, beautiful smile. That's right. Thank I, you, thank I, you. <laughs> <laughs> I like to get that out of people a lot too. Like I like to crack jokes. I like to be um I'm serious when I have to be serious, but I'm very big on just having that uh one-on-one interaction with a lot of the students. So like whether you've been with me for years or you've just recently started, um I'm always gonna find a way to make it a point of mine to have some type of interaction with you. Because, um, you know, I can see it in the room sometimes some people are, like very reserved and not wanting to, you know, come out of their shell. So it's fun to kind of like poke at and like bring it out of them. And then, you know, that gets them loose, that gets them comfortable, and then they have a much better time. Yes, yes. Uh, takes a while to develop that, um, understanding how to do that. Because if you're an introvert, having to be the one to put yourself out there like that to start something, you know, takes a while to get comfortable with. But um, again, just going back to a lot of the years of teaching that has got me to that point. Um, I love being in front of the room. I love having the spotlight on me and just – you know sharing my craft and doing what i do best so it's definitely fun but i'm glad uh just keep it on track i'm glad to hear what jiu-jitsu done for you um a lot of students definitely get that mental peace of mind just um <coughs> what, uh, no problem depending on what day they've t- may have had like the stresses from work so it's good when they finally have a little safe haven away from that
0: um, yeah man it, it feels real like you know it feels relaxing after you know you you had a good roll, you know, and you know on my drive home I just feel relaxed now. You know, the next day when I'm kind of sore, not kind of feeling it, but <laughs> I hear you. That, means, but, uh, that means, you just got
1: stretch more That's all. Yeah, uh,
0: but it's I I enjoy it, you know people I've 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 uh, I sat down and and actually talked talk about it with people right and and. They look at I me mean, like I'm crazy, but it's it's it's
1: a beautiful art form.
0: Uh, I agree,
1: it definitely is. And like, I'm sorry, to like sorry to cut you off, but like, no, don't worry. Um, about it. Um, I'm wearing a shirt right now that you can't see all of it, but it basically says jujitsu is a, <laughs> a way of life. Yes, um, I think it, <laughs> um, there's this thing like jujitsu is for everyone, and I'd like to believe that it's true, but it really depends on how it's introduced to the person and how it's maintained. I don't think that um, a lot of people make it their intention to attract, to to use jujitsu to attract different types of um, people in life. So, uh, and this could apply to like more like the competition based schools, and you can find these a lot across the US. Um, some of them have a very heavy competition focus. So you might see them cater more towards like younger mm-hmm. athletic driven individuals. Whereas, it's like Cobra um, Kai. <laughs> yeah, Cobra Kai. Stay tuned, December 31st season. Yes, yes. Go. Um, but yeah, so like as an example for my school, um, I take great pride knowing that I make it my intention to have jujitsu, even if it's just like a one and done experience for you that you've at least had an enjoyable time understanding how Jiu-Jitsu can benefit you. Um, the people we have in our room, like when I take a good look at them, we have a lot of uh, family people. So like we have husband and wives training, boyfriend, girlfriends. Uh, we have people who've never really been the athletic types. Um, we have people of different age groups, some like, you know, their young 20s, upper 30s, and um, even higher 40s. And um, my goal is just to make sure that you guys can keep coming back. I know this is a demanding martial art at times with the stuff that we're doing to each other, but um, the intention is never to hurt one another. The intention is to, you know, provide you a great experience of a workout, but also um, to deliver it in a way where you guys can still keep coming back because you don't want to lose training partners and it should be fun. And I'm going to make sure that you guys have the right mindset when you approach your training because when you start not having fun and you start pushing your focus, that's when people could lose interest in jujitsu. And, you know, I think it's part of its instructor's job to kind of reframe the student's mindset to make sure that, you know, it's not about the wins and losses and that you're coming there for a specific reason of getting yourself better. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I was,
0: as of lately now, I had, um, I had to find, I had to look at myself in the mirror and take accountability like I enjoy this so you know a little too much that I need to like take a step back because if i if I continue to do it so much, you know I'm gonna just lose the love for it you know you, you know if you love something so much, you shouldn't do it so much so I, you know I'll do today, yes, tomorrow, no, next day, yes you know and keep that balance so I don't you know I have resting in time. And I'm able to still, you know, enjoy
1: it. Well, yeah, for you in your case, it sounds like you definitely benefit from the time apart as far as like giving your body a chance to recover. Um, but that should also give you a chance to kind of evaluate your style of how you're rolling in the room. So yes. like, are if like if you really analyze yourself as like how you roll, are you the type that's very calm and relaxed? Or are you the type that becomes a little too explosive and like gets too tired too quick? Mm-hmm. Um, are you like, how do you want your training partners? Like, this is a good way. This applies to like a lot of students. Um, but like, how do you want your training partners to categorize you or like know you as, do they want you to know as, do they, do you want them to know you as a person that they can trust that they won't get hurt with? Do they want, do you want them to know you as a person that rolls too aggressive and spazzy that they're not Mm going to get a productive role out of, um, these are the type of things that I think helps frame the mindset for how people should go into their training. Cause you're going to encounter people that you're going to be better than uh, doesn't mean that you have to like totally tool them. Um, you're going to encounter people that are better than you and you're going to have to learn how to weather the storm and not take things so personally. Um, if things aren't going your way. And I think that's just that specific, like framing of the mindset I think is going to influence a lot of people's style of how they roll. There's a time where you're going to kick up the intensity um, but then there's times where you just kind of like want you to flow with the position or have an objective of what you're trying to gain out of that role. Cause again, it's not about wins and losses, mm-hmm. but it's good to have like a little objective of what you're trying to get out of it. Do you want to get better at your escapes? If you're working with like, let's say someone who's much smaller than you, or like, um, like from a man and a woman perspective, if you're a man, that's obviously much stronger and, um, can outpower a woman. What value are you going to get from just smashing her and just working your submission game? Whereas you could help build her confidence and her offense by letting her work some of her um, mm-hmm. passenger submissions. You can learn how to kind of weather the storm and like feel how you could work, you know, defensive maneuvers and things like that. Yeah, both benefit from it.
0: Yeah, I've um, I'm like in my experience, I I feel like for me, less is more. Like when I first started, I was very explosive, very, you know, active. but i i used to always um get caught now like the less i do but still maintaining my focus and and my breathing you know able to breathe and calm myself i feel like i'm able to see opportunities like if there's a back take you know capitalize on that And, and and so on and so on
1: well it's helping you see clear you're not um too narrow focused uh it's making you a much better critical thinker that way
0: yeah and then like um, cuz when i i've noticed when i'm you know trying to do everything fast and aggressive like i can't i can't picture in my head what i'm trying to do so like i'm like i'm having like a brain fart but when i'm calmer and i'm pacing myself you know i'm a- able to see like okay from here, I could do an arm bar. If that doesn't work, I could try to handle, you know, it, it, it goes in the chain.
1: And I'm hoping that same thought process is what you can take into your business and other areas of your life. Definitely. Yes, yes. That's one of the lessons that uh, jujitsu is providing people as long as they're, you know, actually receiving that. Um, and that takes some people a little bit longer than others to kind of like kind of get like understand.
0: That's dope. All right, it was my last question. Right, I got yeah. two more. Right, so like, <clears throat> so you open. You know, you gone through this up and downs. You're finding stable. How? <clears throat> excuse me. How did it feel when you were able to like, um, promote
1: your 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 first blue belt? Yeah, that was a fun experience. Um, I look forward to doing many more of those. Um, But having my first group of guys has meant a lot to me because they were, they were the OGs. They've been with me since the grassroots locations and there's always going to be a special bond that we're going to have because they literally saw me from day one. They saw exactly what I was looking to do, um, how everything was being built. Um, So they have that special bond, that camaraderie, and they're able to help, you know, share that with other people that have been joining our academy. So like when I had the chance to award them their blue belts, it was like I reflect looking at the photos. um, um, They've all changed for the better, Um, aside from like their jujitsu knowledge. But um, being able to have them share a piece of what we were able to build, um, it's something very memorable. And So that's why their promotion is very special to me, because um, they saw the school literally from its humble beginnings. I still keep in contact with some of the other students that were with us in grassroots, but these are the ones that stuck around and um, made it like to the next rank, which is blue belt. So uh, we're I'm definitely excited for the next uh, wave of blue belts So we get in the upcoming year. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting other higher ranked uh, promotions in the upcoming year too. The way things are going, and yeah, those are uh, very very special to me to have that type of type of promotion so
0: yeah i asked because um in one of the um i'm studying for my my uh my fourth stripe and uh and one of the videos is there's a, a young rich and he's a white belt and it was like it was so it was so weird to see him because like i from the day i started he's always been a blue belt
1: That's why I haven't changed those videos. I could always update them to new new stuff. Uh, It's good to—it's a good way for you guys to see kind of like where we started. Like I could talk about the location when we started, but I have those videos there for a reason for you guys to review—not just for the technique, but you can also kind of see where we came from as far as like. The uh, original studio, if you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. so this is, uh, this is my next
0: question and my last one. Um, it's a little off topic, but uh, I just want yeah. to know your thoughts. So, uh, the ADCC, right? I'm, and um, am I saying it right? Yeah, the ADCC. The yeah. Abu Dhabi combat. Yeah. So they just announced they just cleared uh Ryan Gordon to compete.
1: Gordon Ryan, okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, like, what is your yeah, thoughts? Yeah. What is your thoughts, and who do you think he's competing against?
1: Well, the super fight that he's going to be doing with Andre Galvao is definitely a hyped up attraction. Because yeah. If you recall, their last encounter together at one of the float grappling events, Andre Galvao got slapped more than once. And like, wait, is that him? Yeah, is that him? Because I'm.
0: I, I get it confused. There's because there's two guys or is it one?
1: Anyway, yeah, he got slapped. He got shit slapped on. Yeah, he got he got slapped. and that wasn't a good look. And if you knew the <clears throat> upbringings of like how things were, like the Gracies' upbringings and how they handled things in Brazil, mm-hmm. if that would have happened, if it was a Gracie in that place and that happens to them, that, that it, it wouldn't go down like that it wouldn't go down like that. No. So like, what do
0: you think? Like, because like, I feel like he deserves those stats because he,
1: he was the one taunting. Oh, no, no. I remember that. I remember that, that event. Yeah. Andre was taunting. I think he also flipped them off in his face and then trying to act tough in the background, like during the behind the scenes. And then Gordon Ryan, you know, approached him, they're mouthing off and then just slapped him. And Andre Gaval literally still didn't do anything. Um, that was, I'm sorry. That was a bad look for Andre. Yeah. Um, and now he's, even, I think he's even signed to do MMA too. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that super fight because, um, Gordon is definitely more, uh, submission focused and he, his track record proves that he's super high level with, um, being able to entangle people in his positions that he wants. Andre plays a very, uh, positionally strong, um, sport jujitsu where he comes more from points. Um, so I'm curious to see, I think it's going to go in Gordon Ryan's favor, to be honest, but, uh, it's still gonna be fun because I think there's gonna be a lot of aggressive stand up battling where they're just gonna be pushing and probably like, palms to the face and whatnot. I
0: just I just found who's um, Andre Galvão. like, yeah, th-
1: like, yeah
0: like I didn't know that was him. Yep, that's him because that's the one they're really promoting, uh, in which he, he just signed the MMA deal to, yeah. to fight.
1: Um, wow. Maybe him and Gordon Ryan will meet in an MMA ring and uh, one championship. from else.
0: Well, I know Gordon Ryan, he signed like to do a cage fight, but it wasn't like. Um...
1: No, it's like an exhibition match. Yeah. Jujutsu exhibition match. I know he did one with. Um, I think it was. Shin- I could be wrong if it was Shinya Aoki or it might have been someone else. But yeah, he did like an exhibition fight in a cage. Um, that's like to get his toes wet and to be in that type of environment, I guess. But. Um, I know he's looking to do MMA in, uh, probably the upcoming year, but yeah, that's gonna be interesting. ADCC, and he's also cleared to do the actual like 99 plus ki- uh, kilograms. Yeah, he's he's page.
0: in two different uh, uh, brackets.
1: Yeah, two different brackets, which um, I don't think they've ever done before. He's usually the the first place winner of the absolutes, only going to be doing the super fight they wouldn't be competing in the actual weight categories. But I guess they made an exception for him because he wants to. He just wants to dominate. And it's going to be tough. I don't know if anyone's going to have an answer for him. I think one year for the ADCC's uh, Felipe Pena, I think, had answers to counter his leg lock and So Well,
0: Andre got got Vauer. Got, wow. He won last year, right? Because he's like... uh has
1: yeah, got super, into their
0: Hall of Fame thing.
1: Yeah, I think he had a super fight. I don't know. I want to say it was with... Um, Rafael Lovato or Cyborg is one of those. But yeah. That's um that's gonna be exciting. So I'm looking forward to ABCC. I think it's gonna be held in the West Coast, I think. So looking forward to some of those matches.
0: Are we are we in the near future gonna see like a Pro Zill tournament?
1: You mean, uh, I'm not gonna host a tournament. <laughs> I don't <mind>, like <laughs> competing in it, because um, I'm not I like testing myself and I like seeing what I could get better at so I'm sure next year I might do maybe one or two competitions um, but that's just for my own personal personal interest. if students want to do it too I'll do my part to help them prepare for it as well Nope.
0: Oh, all right before we go tell the people where they can find you at
1: all right, guys, appreciate you listening to this podcast. If you're looking for a phenomenal jujitsu jitsu experience where you can reap the benefits of stress relief, a fantastic workout, and just be surrounded with a lot of awesome people, you can check us out on Instagram. It's at ProSellBJJ. You can find us on Facebook, ProSell Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And you can just visit our website and drop your info at ProSellBJJ.com so you can meet me, my wife, and my awesome students and let us show you the right way, the fun way of how jiu-jitsu should be taught.
0: And boom, uh professor, thank you for joining me on this fiftieth episode of Dio Talk. It's been very special. It's been an honor having you here, speaking to you, learning a little bit more about you. Uh thank you. I appreciate the time. This was fun. Thank you, Dio. Okay. I want I want to be your Joe Rogan to your Eddie Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Have a good night, guys. I'm
1: out.